Now, tonight we are going to be bringing on our guest, Christine Moore, and she's going to be talking to us a little bit more about options. Now, she is one of the 50 women of options raising $1.5 million to build 100 apartment units available for women fleeing violence, refugees, seniors, at-risk youth, students, and other uh, others facing barriers in finding decent and safe housing. She is excited to step into this project. It's an incredible kind of movement. So we are going to be joined by her in just a second here to talk a little bit more about the whole initiative, the whole goal, and what exactly us as a community can do to help this entire initiative. So let's bring her on to get to know her a little bit better. Hello. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm well. Hi, I'm Noel. I'm Noel. So how are you doing today? Really great, thank you. And before we get started, I gave a little bit of a brief intro about yourself, but can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? We know you're the CEO of Options, correct? Great, yeah. Sure, well that's a broad question, so I think I'll start by saying that I'm I'm a wife. I'm a mom of uh, two grown kids who uh, one is a firefighter and also worked in social service. The other one works in social services. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a social worker. I've been a long-term uh, Surreyite. I've lived out in this community for almost 40 years. Awesome. And uh, I'm a cat lover. How's that? There we go. There's, it's always good to be a furry friend lover, you know? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're really important, especially nowadays. Right? Yeah, no, especially with the pandemic. It's playing a huge role. Now, how long have you been with options for? Yeah, so I, I just celebrated my 15th year. It's just gone by so fast. So fast, yeah. I was actually surprised it was 15. People surprised me up with that to let me know it's been that long. For sure. No, you yeah. sometimes when time flies, you don't even you know get to see, let it sink in because it goes by so fast. It does, yeah. Now, what kept you there? What was something that kept making you pursue further? Because I know 15 years is a long time, even though it flies by. What was the initial kind of motivation to pursue further? Do you know what? Um I've been here 15, but we have people that have been here for 30-plus years, So, mm-hmm. it, so and some on the board that have almost been here that long. But for me, um, I got to know options many, many years before that, and I uh, used to work in government, so we provided funding to uh, nonprofits like options. Mm-hmm. And I was so impressed with the uh, staff that I met here, really people that were can-do, yeah. I, I don't think I ever heard no. It was like, sure, we can do that. And a real get-her-done kind of organization. So I kind of stalked this organization for a number of years before this opportunity came up. Um, so I, I think it's really the people and the work ethic and that it's all about uh, the people that we serve. No, for sure. Now, how many people do you guys serve in a year? Uh, it's about a hundred thousand people lives that we touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's phenomenal. No, that's and, amazing. And you know, we started like other a lot of other nonprofits, just a few people around a, a kitchen table, seeing that there is a a need to uh, to be addressed in the community. And for us, some of that was uh, seeing that women were fleeing violence and needed to have a place to go. Uh, we you know saw the need to be working with youth, um, and actually one of our early services was also. Um, transportation for people that needed it to cancer treatments and that sort of thing. Years later, we ran Handy Dart, actually, for quite a while. So it's really, um, you know, started out small like lots and has grown to, we have approximately 600 staff right now Mm -hmm. um, and an equal number of people that volunteer through our organization. 
So, yeah, it's really grown. Continuing to grow. Yeah. And now you guys are doing the entire um, building affordable housing kind of initiative. What made you guys want to go into that direction? Because I know you guys are constantly growing. So what pushed you in this direction? So that, that again, is a bit of an interesting story. Uh, Back in 2015, Mm -hmm. we had the foresight to actually purchase some property that's at 81st Avenue and King George Boulevard. Yeah. Thinking at the time that we would build um, our own office space so that we weren't renting so much. Yeah. And then in 2018, we decided to put out a a question to staff, Mm -hmm. really asking them what were some of the biggest issues that they saw uh, the people that were coming to us for for help uh, struggling with. And within minutes, we had message after message really talking about the need for affordable housing. Mm-hmm. with very little rental to begin with in the community. And our community, as you know, has, has grown so quickly as well mm-hmm. uh, that that was just the biggest challenge. And without having a solid foundation under our feet or a roof over our heads, how how can any of us really, <clears throat> you know, do the best that we can? It's just survival mode. Yeah. So that really was... Um, a clear message, and it came across all of our service areas, you know, whether it was our services where we work with families with young children, mm-hmm. uh, our immigrant services, through our employment services. We have a, a broad continuum of uh, services for people that are having mental health challenges and illness, to women that are at the transition houses, our emergency shelters. It just came across every area that uh, we do work in that it was clear that there was a need for this. Mm-hmm. So our, our initial vision of having a building that was going to be more of uh, a service focus yeah. grew to also include housing. And obviously affordable housing is critical. No, for sure. And I feel like this might just be an obvious question, but I'm going to guess you guys have seen a uptake in interest since COVID um, kind of kicked in. Now, how has the pandemic affected the amount of people you're seeing on a day-to-day basis? Well, that's also been interesting. It's more about pivoting and how how do you how do you how do you do things differently? And I couldn't be more proud of the innovation and creativity that our staff had to move very quickly to be providing services where possible mm-hmm. online to people. So classes that we never did for, let's say, our, our newcomers and for youth, you know, doing that online, doing that as well in terms of our counseling services. Um, then there's obviously other need where you need to meet with people in person. The summer makes that a lot easier because we could do things like go for walks and be outside and different places. And we're still we're still doing some of that. But it's really just looking at how can we pivot? How can we still really be sure to be supporting people? Uh, our services were all deemed to be essential services. Mm-hmm. And some of our services more so than others when you think about our shelters. Yeah. For instance, our emergency shelters, we've had to um, expand space just so that for safety purposes. So we've rented uh, some motel space and are just really, you know, so many different um changes that we had to make to be able to continue to provide service safely for our, our clients and for staff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's challenged all of us. Right? No. It's, it's certainly not been been easy. Yeah, for sure. It's been it's been a hard one. It's been a trucking journey. Now, where is the hundred unit apartment being built? So it's right on the corner of 81st Avenue and King George Boulevard. Okay. So for people that have driven by, it's got a big chain link blue fence around it for the last few years. Yeah. Um, it's been a project that um, has had its ups and downs in terms of uh, getting to the place that we're at now, whereas the, it, it's not a compromise. It's really the vision that we've had. So it is going to be two service floors Mm -hmm. Uh, where we'll have services there for families with young children, our uh, program for children with special needs. Uh, We'll have our mental health outreach teams will be working out of that site. Mm -hmm. There's some larger group type space. So we, uh, you know, we'll have better space. For instance, one of the things we were doing Mm -hmm. pre-COVID found another way to do during COVID was to have Sunday dinners for uh, the youth that we work with, a, a lot of those youth um, are youth that have grown up um, in the care of government. So they've, they've lived in foster homes and, you know, they're turning 19 and they don't necessarily have the kind of family supports that mm-hmm. a lot of other um, young people would have. Yeah. So we do a Sunday dinner and we do it in a small kitchen um, and eating area. Uh, but now this new building will have a really nice kitchen where we can, you know, youth can get together and they make their, they plan their meals, they make their meals, and they have they have a family dinner, right? Yeah. Uh, that's just an example, but uh, there are so many more things that we'll be able to do. And then the uh, the rest of the building will be 100 units of, of um, housing. Mm-hmm. So 30 of those units will be at market rent. Okay. And then the others are, the remaining 70 are affordable rent. Uh, with some of those rent being as low as $375 for a studio or a one-bedroom suite. Mm-hmm. We can't find that anywhere. We we unfortunately um, get to see the stories of what people are paying out there. We had a, a fellow who was paying $900 to sleep on a couch, and it wasn't even a full couch. It was a love seat oh, right yeah. in somebody's basement. Um, and so, you know, we hear some pretty horrific stories of where and how people are living. So we're very excited to have uh, a brand new building coming up that's safe, it's clean. Uh, that's a very good transportation route right there on, on King George and 81st. Mm-hmm. So we're really excited about this being available. No, for community. sure. Now, Christine, who will be able to apply for this ho- these housings? So really, the... Anyone that really is in need of affordable housing, but we see a tight fit for uh, women fleeing violence and their children. Uh, We run transition homes right now, and we know that one of the challenges is trying to find places to rent. So sometimes our transition houses can't take anybody in because people that are there cannot find affordable rent. So definitely women in in that situation uh, Mm -hmm. use. We, uh, you know, I was mentioning youth before. We work with a lot of youth who um, have come through a government system in terms of support, but again, need extra support. And for youth, it is really hard for them to rent a place. Landlords often aren't willing to take that kind of risk. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're a we're a youth friendly landlord that way and support. Yeah. Um, Seniors, you know, seniors on, on fixed income, again, that's a, another group where there's a, a huge need, and certainly seniors can apply. Uh, uh, immigrants, refugees, 
again, you know, that uh, can be a challenge. And again, we hear a lot of stories about the kind of conditions that people are living in and are vulnerable and really can't advocate for themselves. So we see a lot of people that, um, that you know, are currently involved with our services would be um, interested and would certainly be uh, great to, to have in the building. But mm-hmm. it could also be a university student, you know, somebody that just needs to have housing because there's very little student housing available in the community as well. So it really is, um, you know, for, for people that need to have it, we want to be there. For sure. Now, do you guys know when the project will be starting and a timeline for when it would be complete? So shovels should be in the ground really soon. We're, we're hoping that um, by sometime in April that a shovel will hit the ground and make its first dent. And our um, expected completion time would be in uh, sometime mid-2023. Mm, okay, so we're, we're, getting, we're rolling along. It's slowly, slowly coming. Now... Have you ever done a fundraising um, like on this level before? Because it's a yeah. big goal that you guys are working towards. It really is, and uh, that uh, we haven't we haven't done a capital campaign. Uh, our organization has not been one that's done a lot of fundraising. We have particular uh, firms and individuals that will regularly donate to an area like the transition houses or. Uh, to special needs children or to crisis lines, so it's what people attach to. Mm-hmm. So we do have that, but this is a big, this is a big venture for us, um, and it's also, I should say, a very special year for us as we celebrate our our 50th anniversary. So uh, we thought, how better to celebrate our anniversary? Yeah. But to really invite the community mm-hmm. um, into uh, helping to make something that's really needed in our community, our, this dream, um, a reality. So um, how do we do that? And especially given that we haven't had that kind of experience and it's COVID time. So how do you how do you do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've worked with our government partners, so BC Housing and the Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation, are providing funding. Uh, we've had the Surrey Homelessness and Ho- Housing Society donated $250,000. Okay. Um, and Auctions has donated the, the land to this whole venture. But we also have committed to raising $1.5 million. And so we need help. And we thought, how are we going to do this? So um, I wish this was my brainchild, but it was not. It's uh, the brain, the brainchild of our wonderful fund development um, director, Jenny Hasselfield. Okay. And so she thought, why don't we reach out to 50 women in in the community uh, to to see if they would be interested in helping us by using their connections and raising funds to make this possible. So the 50 women for our 50th anniversary. Yeah. Uh, and so we have 50 amazing women mm-hmm. who I have been blown away with just when I met them the first time, all excited and appreciative of being involved. And they've each committed to raising $25,000. Okay. Uh, so that's the 1.25. And yeah. we have some from the Surrey Homelessness and Housing Society. Mm-hmm. Um, and these women do need help from our community. Yeah. So, I appreciate being able to be speaking to you and your and your listeners today. No worries. Yeah. We, we really need to get the word out so that they can help these women. For sure. Also make this a reality. 
No, 100%. Now, how difficult was it to find 50 women to be be a part of this? Because that is a, even though it's cut down into 50 different segments, it still is a hard goal and a lot of commitment that follows through with it. it yeah, it is. I, I didn't know how that was going to go. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, uh, the whim, women were just, they, they just immediately were, yes. They're not all exactly sure they're going to be able to raise that. They're going to do their best, which is, again, why we need community support. Yeah. But everyone understood the need for this. Every one of them, um, like I can't tell you how heartwarming it was to, to meet them individually. We did Zoom with small groups. But each of them saying how honored they were to be invited to be part of this. Mm-hmm. So it's just, uh, it, it's really been amazing. And you know, we just, the campaign just launched on February 17th, and they are just working towards uh, making this happen. Uh, the campaign should end in June, so it's a, it's a tight time frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these women are really working hard to make a difference in the lives for people that um, will benefit from this housing. No, for sure. Now, for our listeners, if any of them want to donate, how can they reach you guys? Is there a link? Is there a website? Absolutely. So our website is www.womenofoptions.ca. So it's all www.womenofoptions.ca. And when people go to the website, mm-hmm. um, they're able to see who each of the women are, uh, the, the 50 women. And each woman has a has their own has a link to their own donate button, so people can you can read their bios and look at why they're doing this and, and uh, donate to a particular woman. But there's also a, a, ge- a general donate button um, on the options website, mm-hmm. uh, so people can do it that way as well. And um, tax receipts will be provided to people as well. So it's not it's easy to find. Uh, and I really do hope that, that people um, go and take a look. Every little amount adds up and will make a difference and will help us reach this, this goal. No, for sure. And if anybody is seeking help or they will need guidance, where can they go for that? Uh, well, uh, you could give us a call at our, our uh, main office, which is 604-584-5811. And um, ask to speak to to Ginny Hasselfield or myself, Christine Moore, and we'll we'll get connected. Awesome. Well, you know, Christine, it was an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. And again, you guys can donate online if you guys are interested in helping the cause. It will go a long way. And thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully, I wish you best of luck for the project and for the fundraising. No worries.